0: Uh, Any time America's team loses, America wins.
1: Whoever moved the Chip Kelly smoothies he had in Philly back in the day that always kept people healthy out of the building needs to be fired. <laughs> I'll pretty much root anybody that plays against the Yankees, to be honest. Hello, everybody. I hope you're all having a wonderful Thanksgiving, which should be the day that this comes out. I am your host. Justin Wright and I'm joined by my you know I don't have a word for it today my my blessing of a co-host Jared Miller how are you doing today Jared
0: oh you're blessing that's uh on this day of all days are you thankful for me as your co-host
1: I am that's I was trying to say a way that I was you find a word that would mean that I was thankful for you and I figured blessing was a good one I'll take it hey
0: I'll I'll take it good for my ego
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh boy now i feel like i've created a monster
0: no you just uh you enhanced a monster that's all
1: oh that's not so bad then
0: yeah you didn't create it (laughs) (laughs) so uh let's just let's just jump into it yeah happy thanksgiving everyone uh we want to make this episode kind of short and sweet make it very thanksgiving theme there is some nfl stuff i feel like we have to talk about before we get into all the turkey day talk but uh we will get there it will not all be all be current nfl stuff hopefully hopefully we might might go
1: on up a heck of a tangent yeah i never know there are
0: some words that both of us have to say about a certain organization
1: yeah so let's just jump into that organization let's talk about the Bengals.
0: This is what happens when you put all your chips in the bag on a superstar college athlete, but do absolutely nothing to help him, nothing to build around him, nothing to protect him. And you saw the absolute worst case possible scenario that could have played out for Joe Burrow on Sunday. Um, I was just gutted seeing that as I'm sure you were Justin
1: Yes. Um, do you want to explain to the, our listeners exactly what happened for those that may have missed the game?
0: Yeah. So Cincinnati was playing the Washington football team on Sunday and I believe it was in the third quarter sometime, definitely in the second half. I don't know exactly when it doesn't matter when Joe Burrow got hit in such a way that he tore his ACL, his MCL and from what I am hearing reports say he has a additional structural damage to that left leg, to that left knee. Um, I saw, I saw the play once I don't want to see it again. It was nasty. Uh, it was like I said, heart wrenching for the kid. And what I was, what I took away from it more beyond just the horribleness of the injury itself, uh, was when he was being carted off the field, he didn't look distraught. He didn't look upset. He just looked pissed off. And I don't know if he was mad at the situation. I mean, I'm sure he obviously is, or if he's mad at the greater problems that are going on in Cincinnati, you know. We talked about it a few weeks ago on the show with Trevor Lawrence possibly being in a similar situation with the Jets moving forward. Mm -hmm. And there was some talk when Joe Burrow was the number one pick or was expected to be the number one pick this last offseason. Would he do the same thing? Would he not play for Cincinnati? Would he just refuse? And of course he didn't. And I wonder if he's regretting that decision at all now. I don't want to speculate on what his thinking is in all this, but man, it's gotta he's gotta be at least thinking about it. What a, what a trash, trash thing to do to your number one overall pick to not help him out to not build around him the Bengals have one of the worst offensive lines in all of football they have for a few years now Mm -hmm. it's it's not a new issue it's not like they didn't have time to revamp that offensive line and if you know you're going to take a guy like Joe Burrow with your number one overall pick you'd think that you would do everything in your power to uh to build a wall around him. And boy, they didn't. And we saw the absolute worst case scenario, like I said, of what happens when you don't do that.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And that's, I think this is a major failure on the Bengals organization as a whole, especially that front office. Like you said, they knew that they were going to be rebuilding. And I think this is just, I feel as though this is a, a, symptom but not the, a symptom of a disease that is currently taking place in the NFL which I feel like now we are starting to see it again and again that an organization or a coach or whoever exactly ownership thinks that drafting a talented college football quarterback is going to fix their organization and they don't need to make changes around that uh, I feel like we saw it with Andrew Luck which of course we don't need to rehash that story but it was the same thing. Weak offensive line got him hurt. Eventually, later into his career, they started helping him out, and it paid off. They made playoff runs. But ultimately, it ruined the game for Andrew Luck, ruined, or was severely detrimental to his health, and he, of course, ended up retiring much, much earlier than if he had had some help. And we're seeing it currently with Sam Darnold over in New York. He... Isn't getting support. He's his coach is not supportive of him, and there's speculation that they're already looking to move on from him when he's only been there for you know a handful of years. I think right now Miami is doing fairly well in this rebuild. Uh, Tua Tonga seems to be thriving there at the moment, uh, and hopefully that that continues to happen because I I really do like watching him play. But we saw with the Cardinals a few years back with uh, Rosen as well. He had no support. And I think they quickly learned from that because Kyler Murray seems to be having a much better time. But I think, I think it's indicative of a bigger problem. And I don't know. Do you, do you agree? Disagree? What are your thoughts, Jared?
0: Uh, I think it's a problem within some organizations. It's the ones who are perennial laughingstocks, quite frankly, because they don't learn from those mistakes and, I, you know, year after year, the front office just continues to either make the same mistakes or not correct past mistakes. Uh, like I said, this whole offensive line situation in Cincinnati is not it's not a new thing that reared its ugly head mm-hmm. this year. You know, it's been that way. And uh, on the flip side of it, if I'm Trevor Lawrence right now and I see what happened to Joe Burrow in a place like Cincinnati this last weekend, I'm really going to think long and hard now about what my, my future looks like if I were to go into the NFL next year, where now the jets at 0 and 10 are getting closer and closer to being a lock for that number one pick. You know, I would really think twice if I was him.
1: I, I, I agree. I think I would straight up refuse to play for the jets. I would, I'd pull a Manning and say, I'm, I'm not going to play for you
0: or just go b- or go back to college for another year, you know.
1: But who's to say that will change the situation?
0: Exactly. The Jets could have the number 1 pick in 2022 as well. I don't know.
1: Um, um cuz yeah, what do you gamble? Do you gamble on cuz I I feel like that's that is a gamble because you could go back to college, you could also get hurt going back
0: to yeah, college. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing of it. And the, the the bad thing is is if Trevor Lawrence or anyone, if Joe Burrow had done it, um I know what happened with Eli Manning when he did do it, just kind of straight up refused to play for the number one or the team that had the number one pick. They're going to get a lot of backlash, you know, Mm -hmm. from a lot of people that just will sit there and say, you should be damn lucky that you're getting picked in any team in the NFL. And, you know, you should be grateful for wherever you go. And I get that to a point, but you can't, you have to think of your long-term health Cause this injury is something that's going to keep Joe Burrow out for nine to 12 months now. Yeah. You know, he, he, he probably won't play next year because of this. Um, so he's going to lose not only the rest of his rookie season in which he was having a pretty fantastic one. He's going to lose probably the entirety of his sophomore season. And it frankly comes down to incompetence in the front office and the tough situation in Cincinnati is their general manager. Mike Brown is also the owner. So
1: that, that I feel is an issue that goes hand in hand right there.
0: Yep. Yeah. He's an 85 year old uh, who probably is very stuck in his ways. And it's shown with the Bengals lack of success over the last two decades. So that's really all I have to say about that. It's pretty easy to read in between the lines there. Uh, And I just, like I said, I feel so bad for uh, Burrow. I mean, what a, Mm. a horrible thing to have happen to anybody, but to have it happen, your rookie year, you're the number one overall pick. There's so much pressure on you anyway in that position, but to go to a place like you touched on earlier where they don't help you out uh, the pressure, the kid, I can't imagine the weight of the world the kid carried on his shoulders. There still does. Um, I don't know. I, like I said, I just feel bad and I know you pointed something out before we started recording to kind of end this on a happy note, what uh, just re- why don't you repeat what you said about uh, his former Ohio State teammates? In that
1: game? Yeah, so I saw I saw this tweeted out earlier uh, today or yesterday, but several of his former teammates from Ohio State on the on the Washington football team prior to him being taken off the field, they came over to share their condolences, talk to him, give him words of encouragement because as one of them put it, and I believe it was. Terry McLaurin, if I remember correctly, you know, basically he said, uh, that even though they're on different teams now that Ohio state brotherhood or kinship runs deep. And I, I think that's a great, a great message and just something awesome for those guys to do. Cause sometimes I do think as, as fans, we get caught up in the, the numbers, I guess, behind the sports or just our feelings are ourselves and we forget sometimes I feel like we almost forget that these guys are for the most part young men I mean Joe Burrow is younger than I am younger than you are Jared yeah and he's out there leading a football team but yeah and and it's really unfortunate uh, to put a cap on this yeah it's really unfortunate what's happened Bengals fans I would I'm, I'm sorry uh, I feel awful for you guys I think you guys had one of the most promising young quarterbacks in the league right now and he was robbed you were robbed and I would be making some noise to shake things up in the front office because right now it's not working
0: yeah and there I mean just from what I saw on Twitter there was a huge virtual riot I guess you could call it of Bengals fans (laughs) who are just just as you know More frustrated than we are, even obviously we're not even a fan of that team, and it's frustrating. So I can't imagine what it's like when you are a supporter, and yeah, I don't know. It's just horrible situation, and it was a situation that sadly could have been avoided had there been some competence in the front office. But uh, again, like you said, it's a it's a thing we see play out uh, among many teams in the NFL, and I'm just very fortunate that uh, thankful on this Thanksgiving day that the Seahawks don't seem to be one of those teams.
1: Yeah. So, so kind of transitioning that to our next segment, I do want to say we are football fans and that's one of the reasons that we are upset about this, but let me tell you what I agree. I am also thankful that we've even had football this year. And so Jared and I thought it would be a nice little transition to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving football, which is going to be happening. Um, and then also to cap it off, we're going to share some things that we're thankful for from this year. So let's start off. Let's talk a little bit about Thanksgiving football, Jared.
0: Yeah. So what's, what's, uh what's your memories of watching Thanksgiving day games? I mean, if you can remember any in specific.
1: Um. Well, as well, I don't know. I, I guess I haven't really told you, but I, I, I never really got into football until I was in college um, because of playing fantasy football with you guys. And so when we grew up, we, we didn't watch Thanksgiving football. My parents don't care for football. It's not that they dislike it. They just, they're not fans. So they don't watch. We checked the scores when the Seahawks were in the Super Bowl, and that was about it. Um, So I really don't have any memories of watching Thanksgiving day football.
0: Well, fair enough fair enough I mean there are some would even argue I don't know if I agree but more important things on Thanksgiving than football
1: oh I don't know that family stuff I think is just uh, uh, I guess <laughs> just
0: <laughs> uh yeah I, I'll I'll go then I've got a couple that just kind of stick out to me um as far as Thanksgiving Day games go what six years ago now it was 2014 of course it had to be Seattle they uh played on Thanksgiving night they played the 49ers down there in Santa Clara and I remember they won it was a relatively low scoring game I think it was like 19 to 3 or something like that uh, it was kind of the year it was it was the year after we won our Super Bowl and we were making another run at going back to the Super Bowl uh we beat the 49ers like I said and it was they started doing that thing on Sunday night games now where they they name the game's MVP and then they give them a big Turkey leg to munch on. Well, they're uh, well, they're interviewing the uh, announcers after the game. And they actually, I remember they named uh, Russell Wilson and Richard Sherman co-MVPs. So they each got a Turkey leg. (laughs) So they're sitting there still in uniform, uh, just eating these giant Turkey legs, talking about the game they just played. I thought it was hilarious. Obviously, loved beating the Niners. That's always a good thing. Uh, I remember we watched that game at an uncle of my's house. Actually. Um, we had just gotten done eating dinner. So I remember that one. And the other one that kind of stands out, uh, 2011 or 2012, one of those years, while ago, uh, it was a lions game. The lions always play like in the morning and then Dallas plays in the afternoon. And then they have, mm-hmm. you know, whatever third game at night. So, how it usually went for a while with us is like in the morning, uh, my brother and I would watch the lions play whoever and usually lose. uh, Well, mom (laughs) made dinner, uh, got stuff ready for that afternoon. Uh, Then like afternoon we would usually have, we would go to either like uh, uncle's house, grandma's house. Then we'd eat while the Cowboys were playing. Um, And if things went well, they lost, (laughs) yeah and, and then uh so anyway that morning we were watching uh my brother and i were watching i remember the lions were playing the texans who coincidentally that's who they played this year on thanksgiving too
1: oh interesting
0: uh, but uh we were watching them play and I, the only thing i remember that game was it went to overtime and the lions lost and i remember the halftime show was kid rock and i remember thinking it was awesome like the pyrotechnics and like i didn't think like I don't know like I didn't think they did a huge halftime show for any game other than the Super Bowl and uh, they did it there in Detroit on Thanksgiving that year and I thought it was I thought it was awesome. So those are two that kind of stick out in my mind as games that really stand out but other than that yeah it's just like watch the Lions in the morning, watch the Cowboys in the afternoon and fall asleep watching whoever at night.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I was doing a little bit of research because, like I said, I haven't really watched any Thanksgiving football. yet. because, yeah, I guess I it might have been on the last couple of years, but
0: it's good background noise.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was doing a little bit of research. I did not realize that the butt fumble happened during
0: it did Thanksgiving football 2012 uh, Patriots Jets. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, it uh. There's been some memorable Thanksgiving Day moments. There was like the one back in the day, I couldn't tell you what year, but the Dolphins were playing the Cowboys and Leon Lett, fans of old will remember that name. Uh, The Dolphins had the game one, or excuse me, the Cowboys had the game one. He was on Dallas uh, because the Dolphins, they were trying to kick a game-winning field goal and it got blocked and it was like in the snow. I remember, right? Like weirdest thing ever to have snow in Dallas. This was before they played in their- uh, Mm -hmm in their closed stadium, but the ball's rolling around and like literally the game's over and Leon let touches it, which makes it a live ball and Miami recovers it for a touchdown. Oh man. And Dallas lost. I obviously don't remember that, but I've seen the highlight many times. Yeah. There's been some odd Thanksgiving day moments for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I saw there was even some that have led to rule changes over the NFL. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't want to get into those right now.
0: Fair yeah. enough. Uh we could NFL talk...
1: rules is too yeah. to get into right yeah, now. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh we could talk about this year's games though. Just what they're gonna yeah. be. Uh we got a really exciting nightcap. Yeah. Uh Pittsburgh, Baltimore, round two. Ooh,
1: that'll be fun. That's that'll be fun.
0: It's gonna be a good one. Uh, I'm you know.
1: Excited to watch it. After I'm what a... more excited to watch the game tonight, though, I will be honest. Yeah,
0: we're recording so... this on Monday night, and uh, Justin's Bucks are about to play the Rams, and boy, you and me both are rooting for Tampa Bay tonight.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big game for us in the in the playoff hunt.
0: It's a big game for us, too, even though we're not playing in it.
1: Um, Yeah, I hope we're still kind of angry from the Saints game, and I hope our anger translates into week three as well, because that's going to be a tough game. Um, but yeah, so Raven Steelers, sh- I want to say it'll be good. Although the, the Ravens have been looking kind of rough right now. Yeah. They've not uh, bad, but not as good as they should be.
0: Just got beat by the Titans, man. At home you know? again, second time this calendar year, actually, if we'll remember that playoff game earlier. Yep. Uh, happened in 2020 technically. So yeah, man, they, I Titans proved that that was no fluke, obviously. And I don't know what to make of the Ravens right now. I would probably pick Pittsburgh uh, in, in tonight's game.
1: Yeah, I think I, I will too. It's they've been, they've been playing really well. Roethlisberger looks good. Um, The offense looks good as a whole. The defense is still still strong. So yeah, um, let's talk about the real thriller of the day, the football team versus the Cowboys.
0: So this is what a
1: game. That'll be,
0: this is a, yeah. Wolf this year, these two are obviously, yeah, we don't need to get into the horribleness. It is the NFC East. Again, this is a pretty uh, historic matchup though, in terms of Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving day, Uh, Dallas plays Washington a lot in fact this will be the 120th overall time they've played each other that's a pretty big milestone Um, I think Dallas has played Washington nine times on Thanksgiving this will be the 10th time and Dallas is actually eight and one in those Thanksgiving games against Washington really so I I think it could go the other way this year though
1: I I agree because you know the, the football team is on a pretty short turnaround right now, and the Cowboys just came off of a bye week. So
0: no, Dallas have... played. Dallas beat Minnesota.
1: Oh, that's right! Wow, yeah. I just completely forgot that the Cowboys even play.
0: You're off a week, but they did have a bye week last week. So they're yeah, you're right. You're they're right. both coming off pretty. I guess every win in the NFC East is big this year. So I guess big wins. No. Um, but remember earlier this year, like Washington beat Dallas. 25 to three in DC. Yeah. So I I think it's probably going to be. I it'll probably maybe be a closer game, but I still would probably pick Washington.
1: I I don't know. I think ultimately it's going to come down to the fact that Washington's just got a better offense right now.
0: So the crazy um, thing is. Oh, sorry to cut you off. Go oh ahead. no,
1: go ahead. Go ahead. I was just
0: going to say, whoever wins that game, at least for a couple days, it's going to be in first place in the NFC yeah. East. So. <laughs> Uh, whatever that means this year, but yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say?
1: Oh, I was just going to say, it's, we, we know how messed up the Cowboys are right now. And while the Washington football team also has some, some pretty big injuries, they do have Alex Smith who,
0: yeah, what a story that's been, man.
1: Yeah. He is not, uh, a stranger to playing in games, so.
0: No, even though he has been for the last year and a half, almost two years, but yeah. it's good. To, it's awesome that he got his first win, uh, since or first win as a starter since the injury. Uh, that's really cool. I I'll be rooting for him. Yeah, for me sure. as
1: well. Um, and then finally, we have the the morning game, the Texans versus the Lions, which I think this game actually has some pretty big uh, things for the Lions, especially that's if they win this they are i think more realistically back in the playoff hunt again
0: yeah i mean they did just a real
1: wild card spot but it's still in the hunt
0: yeah i mean they'd still be alive for sure uh they did just get beat pretty bad by carolina Mm -hmm. 20 to nothing but yeah you know with the vikings faltering the way they are and the bears seeming to be on the downslide uh you know Detroit does have a chance to climb up a little bit in the division now I don't think they're going to catch green bay obviously but yeah I and Houston and Detroit are two teams that they don't play very often in fact Houston just came, only came into the league in 2002 so these two teams have only met I want to say like five times and I think Detroit's only won once so they've only ever beaten Houston once and that was way back in 04 so uh, like I said before, this will be the second time they've played on Thanksgiving, which is kind of uh, weird. But Interesting. I'm just I'm just excited to watch a football game. And that's what I see this as. There's no real big storylines in it. There's no, like, I mean, odds are, if Detroit wins even, they're probably still not going to make the playoffs, at least in my books. Uh, Houston's definitely not. Um, so I'm, I'm just excited for two teams more or less playing for pride i guess you could put it and yeah
1: they're they're just playing football they're neither of them are doing bad enough to be totally out of the hunt and to the point where they're tanking and neither of them are doing well enough that there's a realistic shot Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah i i agree i think it'll be a good just football game
0: yeah i uh I, 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 am not really, I'm not really rooting for anyone in that one either. I mean, if it leads to Matt Patricia getting fired, I guess let's root for Houston, but
1: yeah, that, that is the one thing that could bring that game into a real nice relevancy.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I just excited for that one. I'm excited for all, all of them, honestly. Yeah. Um, Thanksgiving football, they go hand in hand, so I'll so, watch them all.
1: <laughs> yeah. So let's close out the, the show by – let's, let's see, share a couple of things that we're thankful for this year. Um, so if you want to go first.
0: Uh, as a Seahawks fan, I am thankful for Russell Wilson, obviously. Uh, and not just this year, but just thinking on his whole career in Seattle, the eight years he's been with us, uh, the things he's done, the records he's set, uh, the, the fact that he led us to our first Super Bowl win – I just can't say enough about what the guy has done for the franchise and the team since coming in. Um, I was actually fortunate enough to see a Seahawks game in person, Russell's rookie year. Uh, I've never forgotten it. I've got to see him play two other times in person since he is one of my favorite players that has ever put on a Seahawks uniform. And he probably always will be uh, just because I know, I don't want to think about where this team would be without him over the last Mm -hmm. six years, you know, and the other guy, I guess I have to be thankful for going hand in hand with Russ is Pete Carroll. They've made such a good team together, such a good duo since joining forces, I guess you could say in Seattle. So that's, that's my two biggest things I'm thankful for overall Uh, this season specifically. I would like to express my sincere thankfulness for Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright. The only two bright spots on our defense, it seems like.
1: Yeah, I uh I haven't watched it yet, but there was a video I saw on YouTube that was posted like last week or something called "The Legion of Room" about the Seahawks' current defense. Oh, true. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, yeah. dagger to the heart.
0: Yeah, I'm thankful for Jamal Adams too, but
1: it, someday when he'll play again.
0: He he's back. He played.
1: Yeah, he, sure he did. He's,
0: he's, he's been on the field at least. <laughs> so no Bobby Wagner on defense. So number 54, man, I've been this close to getting a Bobby Wagner Jersey a couple times now. And I don't know soon. I'm probably going to do it. So <laughs> what are you thankful for as a, Bucs fan, um, as a, I got fan?
1: I uh, first as a Buccaneers fan. I'm thankful for Bruce Arians. That's uh, he's come into this team and I think made some changes that really needed to happen. I've talked about how he's worked with the team and changed kind of the culture that we had. Um, you know, it was, it was coming, but it came under Bruce Arians. So I attribute it to the Bruce Arians, even though if that, that's incorrect, but he got Jameis Winston out of there. I don't have anything against Jameis Winston, but I am happy he is. No longer a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, thirty picks is, oh man, that's too many.
0: Yeah, just just a bit.
1: And you know, that's this is our best record in a long time. I'm really excited to see where we end the season at.
0: I know, man. Like the last, like I can't really remember the last time the Bucks were talked about seriously uh, with playoffs. Like, and it's happening this year. Like you're being um, talked about.
1: In- it would have had to been. Oh, man. What was that? 2012 with like Josh Freeman? What year? I don't even know what year that was. That was before I really got into football. Mm -hmm. But Josh Freeman had like one good year where we were talked about playoffs. And I think we went and lost out in the first round or something like that. But uh, the, the next closest time after that was Jameis's sophomore year I believe it was and we ended up having like a nine and seven season just missing playoffs yeah there's but, a lot
0: of hype right now
1: I know I'm excited I hope we don't lose in the first round of the playoffs
0: yeah man yeah so I totally understand why you'd be thankful for Arians though man he's an awesome coach
1: yeah I'm I'm really happy um and you've already said that you're thankful we have had football I already said it earlier too but you know as a football fan i just i i got to say I, it's i i i don't want to make you mad Jared but i'm thankful for the arizona cardinals cuz they've been some of the most fun football to watch this year that doesn't
0: make me mad man they really have been i've said it before they're really a team i have a ton of respect for mm-hmm. i just don't like that they're in my division but i you know their success is still cool to see because they are a team that really doesn't get a lot of it historically. So mm-hmm. it's awesome to watch. Now, if you were to say you were thankful for I don't know what the 49ers have done, like going to the Super Bowl, then then I might have to challenge you on that a little well, bit.
1: Well, let's be honest. The 49 I do I do no. Well, yeah, I do like Kyle Shanahan, but I mean oh, he's right. no He's no Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah,
0: let's course. be honest. You're thankful for Cliff Kingsbury's house,
1: man. I like his house. <laughs> I won't lie. I I do like Cliff Kingsbury. I think, you know, like I've said before, I think a lot of people made fun of him for coming in saying, "Yeah, hey, we're going with the air raid." You know, it's working. Yeah. Uh the Hale Murray was an awesome, an awesome like piece of football history that'll be.
0: Oh, yeah, that was you know, awesome. It'll
1: it'll go down as one of the greatest Hail Marys of all time, I think.
0: Uh, up there with, you know, all f- what four of Aaron Rodgers is.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. but, but... I, think, I think it's cool to see that team because like with Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray was said, oh, he's too short. He can't be a professional football player. Kyler, or I mean, Cliff Kingsbury was, you know, touted as a guy that couldn't, you know, transfer his – ideas and his plans into the NFL. There's just been a lot of naysayers and doubts around the Cardinals. And I think it is cool to see them prove people wrong. I like, I like seeing the underdog.
0: Yeah, man. They, I mean, they gave us everything we could handle on Thursday night last week Mm -hmm. again. So, I mean, I was happy to beat them, but boy, I was sweating bullets at the end. So,
1: yeah. But yeah. Um, Any other things that you're thankful for Jared that you want to share football or not?
0: I do have a shout-out I want to give that it's not American football, but it's football. Football. MLS soccer, actually. I do have a shout-out if, uh, if I can give it now. Yeah, go for it. So the MLS Cup playoffs are now underway. Go Sounders. They haven't played yet at the time of recording this. So my shout-out is not for Seattle Sounder. It is actually for Orlando City's defender, Rodrigo Schlegel. Okay, he became the I think only the third player ever in MLS history in uh, Orlando's win over New York City the other day to come in and play goalkeeper as not being a goalkeeper. Like I said, he's a defender. So what happened was they were in penalty kicks for our listeners who aren't huge soccer fans. Penalty kicks are the absolute last. A stretch of overtime if you need to get there so they play the full game it was tied they played two 15 minute overtime uh they call it extra time uh still was tied after that so they went to penalty kicks where each team just kicks back and forth kind of like they do in hockey with a shootout uh so what happened was orlando's regular goalkeeper was shown his second yellow card which equals a red card which means you're kicked out of the game He was shown that during penalty kicks for encroachment, which he didn't have both of his feet on the line, on the goal line at the start of the kick, I guess, is how I understand it. So he was taken out a lot. I don't know enough about it to know why it was such a bad call, but from what I'm hearing, it was a very, very bad officiating mistake. Uh, But anyway, it put Orlando in a situation where they're like, well, we need a goalkeeper, and we don't really have another one right now. So they went to their defender, Schlegel. He went in. And he actually made a stop that helped them win the game, their first ever MLS Cup playoff win. I just thought that was really, really, uh, really cool. So I had to give my shout out to him. Nice. Uh, what about you, though? Any any shout outs?
1: Ooh, I don't think so. Oh, um, you, you
0: gotta have one for Thanksgiving. There's gotta be someone.
1: Oh man. Um, oh man, I already talked about Close Kingsbury. Uh
0: no, <laughs> your go-to's already gone.
1: <laughs> oh man. Um, you know what? I'm gonna shout out uh I I do actually have a shout out, actually. I I am going to shout out Terry McLaurin from the Washington Redskins. Or excuse me, the Washington football team. I apologize. It's just been so long. You got it,
0: you got it.
1: Um for you know, showing that moment of compassion and being, Humani- a, good, yeah, a, and being a good sportsman. Yeah. Humanity. Uh, and, and the rest of the teammates from the Washington football team for, for taking the time to talk to Joe Burrow before he was taken off the field. I do think that's, that's a really, a really good thing, a really, a really good gesture and a really good thing to do in, in a year that has been full of, less than good things
0: definitely uh there are moments like that that are bigger than football and if there's any team out there that understands what it's like to lose your your general so to speak like that it's washington obviously with alex smith you know it was two years almost to the day actually Mm
1: -hmm. which
0: is eerie to think about but yeah that was very that was a very cool thing that came out of that uh shout out to them too um yeah that was that was as awesome as that moment could be, I guess.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: But uh, yeah, well, we wanted to keep this episode short for you guys, so I think that about does it for us.
1: I think so. We so, got. Jared... We got oh, some go food ahead. to eat. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. All right, I hope everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving. Jared, I will be talking to you soon. So, for all of us here at the Expansion Buddies, have a wonderful Thanksgiving and never forget.
0: Party like it's nineteen seventy-six.